Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K and I'm joined by Ben Errington. So today is a special day. Today we are not um, talking, uh, taking the wisdom of the, the media students list. <laughs> Put that really terribly. <laughs> um, but today we're not using the list. We're not doing the, the 50 best. Uh, today we, we've been quite excited about a new release and we thought it might be quite nice every now and again to not dip into a classic and, um, you know, maybe do an honourable mention, a film that we like that isn't on the list or do like a new release like we're doing today. So, uh, Ben, what film are we doing today? We're doing a film called The Void. Ooh, that sounds Ooh. good. Uh, it's quite a good name, yeah. actually. Okay, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? I'll tell you a little bit about it, Luke. I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it right now. Okay, The Void is a 2016 Canadian horror film directed by Stephen Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie. Uh, Shortly after delivering a patient to an understaffed hospital, a police officer experiences strange and violent occurrences seemingly linked to a group of mysterious hooded figures. Lovely. Uh, So I normally read a bit out here of what Empire Magazine have said, but they haven't said anything about this yet, so I'm going to read a bit out of what Variety Magazine said about it. Uh, Writer-directors Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky started out in Winnipeg film collective Astron 6, whose first features Manborg and Father's Day were subversively funny, low-budget genre send-ups of dystopian future action cheese and bad-taste gore horror, respectively. Uh, there's nothing spoofy about the latest, however. The Void plays its tale of one hectic night's bloody peril at a rural hospital relatively straight, which is not to say there's anything straightforward about the story. These Canadians, uh, anything about the story, these Canadians have cooked up. Indeed, after a promising start, this enterprising but overstuffed endeavour drifts increasingly into a muddled sci-fi mystical horror hybrid that only gets more confusing as it grows more thematically ambitious. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes are riding it at 74% fresh. Uh, it's currently sitting at 63% on Metacritic. It didn't do so well over at uh, Mr. Ebert's website. He got 1.5 out of 4. Um, but yeah, and uh, you know, we, I, we, we put it to the, the Facebook group and um, someone said the poster looks cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> which it does. I mean, um, so... Yeah, it does. It really does. The poster was like, uh, it really grabbed me. Not yeah. literally, but uh, yeah, poster, graphic design work, every bit of it, online marketing I've seen, promotion, trailer, everything was yeah. spot on it looked for amazing. this like, film. It had like about six or seven posters and all of them looked amazing. Like they could have they could have settled on any one of them and I would have been intrigued. Um, yeah, yes. The, loads of, they were just, they were just mad, weren't they? Yeah. It was one of those posters where you just look at it and you go, that looks mad. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the trailer like came. I think someone put it on Twitter, and I watched it and I was like, oh, "This is blowing my mind! Like this looks so good." Um, so yeah, you, I think you sent me the trailer. Maybe it, went, it was only a number yeah. of weeks ago. I don't think I'd, I think I'd 
seen it sort of floated about, but I hadn't given it attention. Watched it, watched it again, and I was like, yes, hell yes. I mean, one of my favorite films ever, not just horror, not just sci-fi, is The Thing. Yeah, me too. And obviously it just looked... It looked a bit like the thing, but you could tell that there was a lot of real good practical effects, which uh, which I love and work incredibly well in a film, in a science fiction and a horror film. So to see that in a modern film excited me. Yeah, actually, I mean, to see like it's got loads of cool elements right there in in the marketing material. It's got this like uh, the Lovecraftian cosmic horror thing going on, um, the practical gore effects and creature effects with like the thing. Um, and it kind of reminded I me, mean, the Lovecraft thing, it reminded me, I watched a film recently um, called From Beyond, and if you'd seen that, it's it's a, a Lovecraft tale, it's like all practical effects, really gruesome, uh, like, uh, the, there's like another dimension, there's like these parasites and stuff from this other dimension, it, it's a similar sort of vibe. Um, so Yeah, the vibe I kind of got from it, sorry, uh, the vibe yeah. I kind of got from it was a bit Hellraiser as well. Yeah, first, especially, especially with the guy at the end, which we'll talk about, looked a lot like Frank. You know, he peels the skin off. And I was just thinking, well, he looks and sounds a bit like Frank. <laughs> it is Frank. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what did you... Did you enjoy it? Um, I think I was definitely entertained by some of it. Yeah. It kind of drifted off into the ether for me towards the end. Yeah. And I kind of did lose interest a little bit because I was a bit like, what is the goal here? What's the end goal? I mean, yeah. it's kind of clear, but is it? It seemed it seemed like a film that was an excuse to just show all of this cool creature effect stuff without much of a payoff, without without even much of a setup. It kind of just yeah. stuff stuff kind of happens. You witness it. You're a bit creeped out and a bit oh, that's a bit gruesome. Oh, that's cool. Where are they going now? Apart from that, I think it was held together by like a ragtag group of characters that i didn't really feel anything for didn't really yeah. care who lived or died was annoyed by quite a few of them not because yeah. not because of their characters probably just you know get rid of them yeah <laughs> that's yeah. that's kind of how i felt after a while i was um uh, i was yes i enjoyed yes i enjoyed it and no i didn't enjoy it like i definitely want to watch it again so i mean that's a good thing but i just feel like all of the stuff that we'd seen in the trailers and the posters set my expectations so high <laughs> and this is like an indie horror movie it's it's you know it's crowdfunded they made it they funded it off of uh, indiegogo so my i mean maybe i should have uh, tempered my expectations a little bit <laughs> but they were so high and uh, when i watched it i was just a little bit like you said like this i think it's this the gore is really cool uh, some of the creature effects are amazing um i love the cosmic stuff and the tentacles i'm a big fan of tentacles and stuff um yeah but then it's just the story and the characters. Like it's it's just so thin, and like there's nothing. Yeah. There's no character you feel that much sympathy for because you don't know any of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, see, f- films films with like throwaway characters can be held together if there's like at least a little bit of an interesting narrative. Because I mean, I kind of understand. I kind of understand what was going on. I kind of understand the goal of the big bad, kind of. But at the same time, I'm a bit like, how and why? Yeah. And I kind of need to know those things you, in order to, you in def- order to you really feel. You need to know exactly what the goals are to sort of anchor yourself in the story somewhere. But because it's kind of ambiguous. Mm. Um, yeah. And every time it kind of gave a character a chance to shine in a way, they would kind of get like a bit relegated to the background yeah. by something or someone. Um, because obviously... The, the main character, the cop, yeah. um, was obviously semi-interesting at times. Yeah. But I don't know. I think there should have been a lot more because obviously he's, or there's a relationship with a wife who works at the hospital. Um, so I think there should have been a lot more with those two, yeah. sort of like what their history is, what their story is. And obviously they were they were kept together at some point. And when she's in peril, he goes after her to sort of like save her. But I didn't really feel emotionally invested yeah at any at any point and i know i know it sounds lame because you know you don't expect films like this to be like you know have unbelievable characters and yeah relationships and all that stuff but you do kind of you need something as you said to anchor yourself in the story and so, so i feel, I feel like nothing. um 
So I feel like the directors, I've got the names now, the writer-directors, Gillespie and Kostansky, I think what they were trying to do here is just basically make a vehicle for doing cool effects and telling like a, a cool, interesting throwback film to um, 80s horror, which is yeah. all good. But I kind of feel like if they just got the story nailed, it would have elevated it so much. Like, And they just sort of missed the trick there. And I was, I was trying to work out what was it about, like, where did that go wrong? And I feel like they should have... Uh, so the story opens pretty amazingly. I thought the, the opening sequence was great. But then I felt like it should have jumped back in time. And it should have told more of the story of the police officer and his wife before starting the chaos. It just yeah. needed a bit of breathing room to sort of, to, to give you some um, interest in the characters and some sort of get, get, like, sympathy with them. Yeah, because I think you were kind of left to fill in the blanks um, in terms of the relationship between the police officer and, and the doctor, who was his, I'm assuming his wife, who was separated from yeah. at some point for some reason. And then we find out it's because they lost a child. Yeah. Um, yeah, if there was just something flashback-wise. I mean, should we just talk about the plot from yeah, start yeah. to finish? And- so uh, so the key players then, so we've got Officer Daniel Carter. He's a police officer. Um that's about all you get to know apart from and he's got like a floppy he's got like a floppy floppy fringe yeah you need to know that (laughs) he's he's like pretty much like the protagonist of the story uh we've got kenneth walsh playing dr richard powell who's the antagonist um that's sort of i think that's supposed to be a bit of a twist but it wasn't and it wasn't very impactful for me allison is um uh, the, the police officer's wife she's a nurse at the hospital um Kim, who's played by Ellen Wong, who was Knives in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which I was quite happy with. And then there's these two extra characters, uh, Vincent, and the other one I saw was credited as Son, who's like um, like a mute, he doesn't say anything. Yeah, I think his name is Simon. Simon, was Possibly. it? Okay, cool. Um, so yeah. Vincent and, and, and that, that guy, and then there's like loads of, uh, um, there's some other people in the hospital, uh, and then there's, there's a whole pe- load of people uh, in the, the, the hoods that you never get to see. Um, yeah, we did. We don't need it. We don't need to know the actors. <laughs> well, what, what are their names? Yeah. I want to know who are they under those hoods. <laughs> They're so good. So I mean, like I said, I, I love the opening. I was like, oh, okay, we're in for a pretty good film. I mean, how do you remember how it opened? Yeah, so I mean, it opens with the there's a guy like a some sort of drug addict. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so, well, it's, like, it's the house. So there's like the house yeah. somewhere in the countryside. Uh, a man, a drug addict, runs out. Um, and then a woman runs out after him, and then two, they're, they're like running away from someone in the house. And then these two people come out of the house, shoot the woman, set her on fire, and then that's, and then that's about as much as we know. And they, they, we we know that they're going to try and get that guy who's got away from the, the druggie. And that's a yeah. Cool so he, so he, he the 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 drug addict dude kind of drives away into yeah. the night. He drives away, doesn't he? Yeah. He drives away into the night, and then obviously that's when we catch it. That's when we're introduced to the police officer who's having a little he's having a little nap isn't he yeah he's yeah. napping on the job which um sort of shows you that the town they're in i don't know if it ever says where, where they are i'm, I'm assuming I don't, I, don't, kind of, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know i mean they're somewhere they're somewhere town, but you're assuming it's, it's such a small town nothing's going on the the police officer gets a chance to have a have a lovely little sleep on the job and then obviously he's woken up and then the drug addict crawls into the into in front of the car yeah, and he's like bleeding. Um, so the police officer takes him to the hospital. Um, there we're introduced to um, Richard Powell, who's like the main doctor. Um, a couple of nurses, uh, uh, Kim, the intern. I was going to say the Asian one, <laughs> the Asian intern. <laughs> um, she is. She is the Asian one in the film. Um, and then there's a pregnant. And then a couple- yeah, there's a pregnant. <laughs> woman and her granddad um and then there's like a another patient guy like in 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 bed oh yeah uh, yeah yeah. so we're kind of introduced to like a lot of people here yeah. and you and at this point we can tell that the hospital is kind of like on its last legs because there was a fire like in elsewhere in the hospital so they're kind of like down to the very bare bones in terms of staff and in terms of like facilities and uh yeah i, I guess like medicines and stuff so Everyone's it, kind of a bit fed up and a bit bored, don't they? They seem at this yeah. point. So far, so good. I feel like the story's ticking on quite nicely, and we get that first sort of creepiness where um, the uh, the nurse is 
stabbed one of the patients. Like this is off to the side. She stabbed one of the patients in, in the eye, and I think she's like trying to. Is she trying to cut cut her face off? Yeah, she's cutting like hunks and hunks and chunks of her face off. I believe at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This kind of this kind of came out of nowhere. I would have liked. I mean, personally, I would have liked a much slower build and a slower reveal of weird stuff and yeah. stuff happening because this kind of just happens and it sends everything into chaos. Whereas I think if it's like chaos immediately, like it just doesn't seem to uh, yeah. have that weight, does it? It kind of just goes here, here, here are all these people. We're introducing you to all of these people. Now, bang, it's gone to shit. Yeah. But I don't know. There was, there was no setup for me. So we don't understand how these characters interact with each other when things haven't gone to shit, but we have to kind of like feel like, or we're along for the ride. I mean, it is it is like a roller, a bit of a roller coaster in this film. It's like, yeah. right, strap yourselves in. Here you're going to see all this stuff happening, and uh, you're going to bloody like it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she she um, stabs that guy. The cop goes in. He sees her stabbing, and then she comes at him with a knife. He shoots her. Then he has a fit. Again, straight into the weirdness. He has a vision of some. Uh, I think we it, we come to know it's the void. It's like a, another dimension. Um, yeah. So you're seeing like dark clouds and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then uh, then when he wakes up, there's a state trooper who's arrived. Um, we get a little bit of insight into the police officer because state trooper says something about, oh, are you a pussy like your dad or something? Um, he says, no, I'm not. And then, it, and then he goes outside to, he, he says, so I'm going to call it in. And then he goes outside to call it in. And um, this, this is where we see the, the hooded void monk type people everywhere so this is another thing i don't understand why they're there i don't understand why they're helping um the main bad guy i don't understand what the hell they're doing like it doesn't really explain this then and i think it's just like mm. they just look cool it's just a good it's just a good visual thing in it i mean they're yeah. they're in white hoods white cloaks and they've got like a black triangle sort of on their face yeah um and they sort of all stand around pretty much still until anyone gets close to them and then they come at you with a knife ready yeah. to cut, cut your head off. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I wasn't kind of... I mean, initially when you saw them, you're like, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that, I was a bit like, could probably do without it. That's what I, if, I think that's one thing this film suffers from. It's, like, it's too much cool stuff just thrown in and they didn't, they didn't cut out stuff they didn't necessarily need. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this the introduction of this cult could have been quite cool yeah. later on. Yeah, like much later on when um when things start falling into place in terms of what's happening, why it's happening, yeah, why the antagonist is doing what he's doing. If this cult turned up then to kind of cement the, well, oh my god, I'm at, we're out of our depth here. Yeah, kind of feeling. Yeah. I think that would have been quite cool, but the fact that they were there from the start and they didn't really have a purpose other than to like keep these people in the hospital. That's what it seemed like they were there for, because as soon as anyone went outside, this cult would attack them. So it seemed like, because they weren't trying to get in, so it seemed like they were trying to just keep these people in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, so, but the, the, there's nothing more than that about them, right? So they're literally just there to keep them inside. Um, there's Yeah, they're, they're, you're not really, we're not really given anything more than that to yeah. go on, and it doesn't really, there's not really any sort of payoff either no no uh okay so um one of them actually stabs the police officer in the boob in the nipple um and then he <laughs> he escapes goes back inside and at some point oh yeah so uh they hear some screaming they'd they'd handcuff the drug uh the injured druggie in the room with uh the woman they'd shot at the mm -hmm. same time tentacles start shooting out of her face uh, this is actually quite. I really found this, this. I did like this bit. I liked the all the visual effects stuff like this. I quite enjoyed. The tentacles are like proper shooting out of a mouth, yeah. eyes, nostrils, and everything. It's pretty gruesome. And he's screaming because the tentacles are, are going to try and get it, get get at him. Um, and then they open the door, and this this is the first monster, I guess. But again, this happens so quickly. Like, yeah, this was cool because I liked him being handcuffed to to the to the bed. And she was kind of close, and he couldn't get away. That reminded me of the thing as well. Obviously, yeah, when they're all yeah. when they're all sort of like uh, strapped to the chairs and and doing the blood test, 
and then one of them is 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 the thing. Spoiler, uh, <laughs> and uh, and they're all sort of like, oh my god, oh my god, that's amazing because that's just like, imagine being in a situation where you're that helpless and there's a tentacled freakazoid just yeah chilling out chilling out next to you. Yeah, but I know what you mean. This this was sort of off left field as well. It would have been interesting again. Probably sounds like I'm repeating myself, but for a nice slow reveal, nice slow burn. Yeah, um, if they had a for... shot of him handcuffed there, like facing the other way, and then it pulls back, and you just see a little bit of movement out of her face. Instead, because the first time you see her again, the tentacles aren't just creeping out; they're slapping, like they're flapping around, like <laughs> like <laughs> like there's no there's no pacing, there's no slow build. It was just like ah, more monsters, monsters are happening. Look scared. at this shit. Yeah. Whoa, get him. Oh, yeah. my God. It reminded me a bit like... of those uh, things outside petrol stations. You know, the flappy bag men that used to... <laughs> you don't really get anymore, but... Flappy bag <laughs> Wacky yeah. waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. Yeah. Is that, is that the official <laughs> title? That's the official title. Okay, yeah. I believe. I mean, uh, I used but, to know. But this was like five of them out of a face flapping about in the wind. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. it was... It was, it was Pretty cool, but it, I think uh, they missed the trick there with the pacing. Um, and then they, so who they, and then Vincent. Uh, I think at this point Vincent and I mean they get they get the drug drug addict dude out of the room, yeah. shut the door, and I think it's then when Vincent and and Simon, the guys who we guys from the start of the film who'd killed the woman and were chasing the drug addict, yeah, they suddenly enter the hospital, hold the group at dump uh, at at gunpoint, at uh, gunpoint. Uh, at gunpoint, yeah. and uh, it's here where they're like demanding. Uh-huh. That's what you do when you're held at gunpoint. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know how to react. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. That's probably how I react. So I'm pointing a gun at me. Yeah, uh, yeah, but they want they want the drug addict dude because plot. I mean, I don't know why do they want him. Why do they? Yeah, want no, him? this doesn't make sense either. Um, uh, so they want to kill the drug dealer, the drug guy. Um, doesn't really tell yeah. you why they want to kill him you can't you can't at this point i kind of think are these guys like hitmen are they like drug yeah kingpins drug dealers are they like uh are they like family men who've, who've i don't know you kind of don't really get much at yeah. this point i mean i know you get a little bit later on with these guys but yeah there, again there's no there's no motivation man what what are these guys motivation like if, the, if why don't they just drive away or like I don't understand what what they're doing, but but uh, at the same time, the state trooper gets snatched by uh, the snappy what do you, what do you call it tentacle is, bag man? Is, this, is it a snatch or is it just like a little a creepy little drag away? Oh uh, yeah, that was that was one annoyance. Um, I thought the creatures were very slow, <laughs> like even the tentacles like just kind of wriggled across the floor, and it, I felt felt like wasn't that scared of them, <laughs> like. I don't know. Like when I think of the thing, uh, which I'm gonna, I can't ever compare this film to the thing. We, do you know what? It's almost impossible to not compare it to the thing, simply because of the way these things move, I guess, and what they kind of do to the yeah. human body, whatever they are. I mean, we don't know what they are, but they're not like we don't know that they're shape-shifting alien, a demon from another dimension. That's probably likely. Um, yeah, with the thing, I'm sorry. I'm assuming you're gonna make this point that like they're real fast, like tendrils, yeah. tentacles, like. Shooting, yeah, like it's just it's manic and it's crazy, and it's uh, you you're terrified because unless you like it's just feels like it's gonna get you no matter what. These things yeah. are just flapping around, and then um, they sort of uh, embrace the state trooper in a nice little hug, and then they sort of waddle away with him. Um, and then the uh, Vincent and the son is it Vincent? They, yeah. they go, go, go to town on it and they kill it. Um, and yeah, these then, guys, they really show it who's boss and they go, look, we're, yeah. we are nails. We're, we're hard as nails. And we're, we're going to destroy yeah. this creature. Do you know what? I don't know if they... They reminded me a little bit of... Sorry, going off on a tangent a little bit. They reminded me of the necromorph things from uh, Dead Space as well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I got that as but, well. But again, but again fast. Yeah. Yeah, but again, slow. Yeah. Like big, slow, lumbering ones. I think there are some slow ones in Dead Space, but... Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of felt like, yeah, it was freaky. Yeah, it was just, it was disgusting. But you know when I know it's classic because of horror. You think like the serial killer walking at the speed like uh, like three miles an hour manages to get hold of yeah. people. But like in some horror films, when the 
threat is so slow. I guess like zombies as well, you could say. Yeah, I know, but like they're like they swarm, don't they? Um, and you always feel like you're not going to be able to get away. These they're kind of lumbered, and uh, I don't know. They just they just wasn't very scary to me. Um, but they kill it anyway. They don't. They make pretty light work of it. Uh, I yeah. mean, they just sort of. I think they have an axe or something, and they just start taking taking into it. Yeah. But, uh, so and then they then there's like a bit of a standoff between them and the police officer because they want the drug guy. They're like, we we want him. He doesn't really tell you why they want him, um, but they want him, and uh, they say no, and you can't go out anyway because there's loads of um, those hooded things out. So the, the KKK are outside now, and um, you can't go out there. <laughs> don't go out there when the KKK are about. And I, I know you got in here whilst we they were there, but ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I have a shotgun in my car. Let's go get it. And they're like, we'll help you as long as as long as we can have the shotgun. Uh, and he says yes, of of course. But then he gets it, and then um, he doesn't give him the shotgun. It was a nice little moment, I thought. Um, it's at the end of the day, it's cool. At this point, like it just feels like stuff's happening. I think one of the one of the women starts to ha- uh, have contractions. Um, yeah, one of the women. There's only one of them who's pregnant, right? Yeah, one of them. Yeah, uh, she, and then Alison, um, the police officer's wife, says, "I'll nip downstairs. I think we've got some stuff down there." Um, Oh, it's stuff to help me do a C-section. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've got a C-section kit downstairs. Let me just nip down. Let me just nip down there. I'll be straight up with it. Yeah. That baby about there. No time. So, and then we get to the interrogation where they have the druggie handcuffed to the side, um, and they have a hammer. This bit was quite good. I think they were like threatening to hammer his thumb off. But uh, yeah, and they were like saying, "Tell us what you know." So I really don't know much, um, like like as, at this point in the film, like, I really don't know, don't know much. Oh, have we mentioned the fact that the drug the drug addict scalpeled Doctor Richard Powell in the neck? Has he done that yet, though? I've, does this not happen? Oh well, no, maybe not. Because I've, I've got ahead of myself there. Sorry, Luke. I think yeah. So I think he gets off the handcuffs. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Um, it all happens around now, I believe. Yeah. So. Right now, so he 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 stabs the this doctor in the neck, and then does the doctor die? Presumably, yeah, yeah. The doctor dies. He pretty much dies immediately, doesn't he? After he's after he's stabbed, I think they all gather around him, trying to save him. Allison's trying to save him as well, and uh, then they just go, "He's dead, mate. He's brown bread." Yeah. Um. And then yes. he sort of disappears. Yeah. Well, they all get distracted by the baby stuff again, I believe, yeah. and then. When they return, Dr. Richard Powell's gone. Again, possibly a missed opportunity to do something incredibly interesting with the fact that this dead guy is suddenly vanished. We could have had something like the dead guy be in the background of a shot while everyone was panicking at the C-section, and we just see him either get up and move or just move. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. maybe not sit up, but maybe just like move, like move along or something like that. Yeah. Because then, 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 yeah. then we got the visual of him gone yeah. and we know he's gone and then we don't need the characters to tell us he's gone because the characters were going, he's that bloody dead body's gone there and it almost felt like, oh yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but so, so he disappears and then Alison's downstairs. Whilst these guys are interrogating um, James, I think that, James I think is a druggie's name, um, they uh, say, right, we're going to go downstairs. Why are they going downstairs? They're going downstairs to find Alison because Alison's right, okay. gone. Yeah. Been, Alison's been gone for a while now, and they're pretty sure, you know, because obviously when you're in a scenario like this where there are shape shifting or tentacled demons from another dimension, always split up. Yeah. Uh, if someone's pregnant, they need a C section. One of you better go downstairs and get all the bits and bobs. Yeah, the bits and uh, bobs. <laughs> Oh, we left the bits and bobs downstairs. Yeah, just to talk so about. yeah. So, so it's a team. It's a team of. I mean, it's it's an interesting team. Yeah. Police officer, uh, and Vincent and Simon, the two killer. I guess we're gonna call them killers. Yeah, killers slash hitmen. Yeah, they go down to try and find her. Yeah. There's a lot of just like going places to find things and do stuff that doesn't really have any impact on the story. I mean, this is this is the second time that they've gone somewhere to get something or do something. Yeah. As the, as a trio, and you're a bit like. See, if if we'd already established Alison and um, 
the police officer's relationship a little bit more. You may have understood him, like, because they've just uh, killed a monster. And you're like, oh, Alison's downstairs. Shit, I'm going to, like, we may have understood that a bit more. Like, he wants to try and find his wife. We might have understood the motivation. But it did. I didn't. That didn't come across to me on on this watch. Maybe on the second watch, but I, I didn't feel yeah. their, their relationship at all. Yeah, I think I would like to watch it again. Yeah. I feel like. Um. So yeah. They, so they go downstairs into the basement, which is like we see a lot of the hospital burnt out. Yeah. Um. Oh, is it explained what happened? Was it just like an accident? Well, this is when I think uh, the reality sort of starts to go a bit weird because they're on the on the walkie-talkie with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is right. Kim, yeah. and then. He says, "Oh, we went down these stairs," and she says, "What stairs?" Or like something along those lines, where yeah, she's like, "There's down... only one. There's only one set of stairs." Yeah, they've gone somewhere where it doesn't physically exist. I, I think inside yeah. the hotel. She's because she's directing. She's directing them in a similar way to uh, in like Jurassic Park. Do you remember when she's directing him to, to where he can go and trip trip the electricity yeah, back on? Yeah. She's like, "Follow the tubing all the way down there," yeah. and then a bloody Velociraptor comes out. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. Oh dear. Um so and then we've got um Alison wakes up she on a on a on a surgery table, I think that's what they're called, <laughs> on a gurney or whatever the surgical version of that is. Uh and then the the doctor is alive and he's sort of facing the wrong way. He's got a very cool voice, whoever I can't remember the actor's name, but a very cool voice indeed. And he's um piddling Kenneth, bits away. Kenneth Welsh, Kenneth Welsh yeah. He's piddling bits off of, his, off of his body as if it's like bad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wallpaper. Um, Piddling. Piddling. <laughs> and like, he's, got, he's got a wallpaper steamer on his face. Yeah. And he's getting rid of all that, all that old wallpaper. All that argyle flavored wallpaper <laughs> It's gonna put some. It's gonna put a fresh coat of paint on there. It's gonna look dapper. Um, but he's um, so he's doing that, and uh, Alison's sort of tied down. And it, this bit's quite good. Again, this is this is this is an opportunity to explain a little more of what's going on. Uh, but he just sort of talks in like uh, uh, non sequiturs, like these sort of riddles that don't make too much sense. Um, we get the idea. I think around here we realised that she had a miscarriage or something along those lines, and we get the, we know that his daughter Sarah died at some point. Um, and then he pulls back her uh, fabric linens or whatever, and then we see her stomach uh, going crazy as if she's pregnant with um, some flappy big bin bag men. <laughs> 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 yeah it's just her belly's going crazy there's a load of muck yeah. going on in there it looks like it's... when I've had too much milk like that. <laughs> Jesus are you lactose intolerant or uh... I think I am a little bit but um, you just I, love I, milk so I much I just love milk so much <laughs> it's, yeah, that happens when you have milk straight out of the tea 
you need yeah. to have you need to you need to have it refrigerated for a yeah. while. Not Otherwise, you're gonna. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't drink it straight. Milk. Don't drink. Don't drink it straight out of the tea. Yeah. Of a, um, of a cat. Definitely not a cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I've so, got so, nipples, so... Greg. Can you milk me? Yes. 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 So we understand this is some sort of like ritual where the doctor is trying to like bring his dead daughter back from a weird dimension almost like hell i mean it's almost like hell isn't it yeah, it's like yeah. a hell and her stomach that miscarried a baby i don't know if that's in relation to it is somehow make, like that, a he- does that make any sense like he wants to bring his daughter back from hell and he's making her stomach do weird things. Like he's turning in, her into a monster. Like in someone's, <laughs> in someone's brain, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> whilst they're doing this, um, our team upstairs um, are looking around in the dark, and then he finds an office which we think is the doctor's old office, and um, we find lots of rich, like um, pagan-looking symbols and stuff inside of his uh uh cupboards and and lock boxes and stuff and then so we get an idea that he's been doing this for a while and uh the police officer gets a phone call from the doctor and he starts talking to him again talking quite a fair bit of nonsense um and he says oh you've been having visions and stuff um he keeps saying stuff like just give into it just do you know what i mean like stuff that doesn't really make much sense like it just sounds kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just give in to it. I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah. He's got. He has got a cool voice. I recognise him from from. I recognise that voice. Yeah, I've heard that voice in stuff. In stuff. I don't know what. It's adverts. been in some stuff, hasn't it? Adverts. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good. It would be a good. It's a good advert voice. It's a yeah, good trailer yeah. voice. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, then. Those guys go further down into the heart of this hospital, which is like um, not not a real place. I don't think because stuff starts to get even more weird. They find all of the doctors failed experiments, and there's just loads of these monster things in this room. Again, they're all kind of slow, and uh, um, not a lot like much happens. That. The the druggie gets sort of swept away by this spider dude. Who's, um, yeah, like yeah, that was quite cool. That was quite so it's like cool. A, yeah, a dude like doing the crab constantly, um, which you know looks cool. But I mean, if you're trying to walk around doing a crab constantly, got got to be an absolute nightmare for your back. Yeah, yeah, poor guy. Um, but I mean, this is all quite cool. I mean, I think they get split up at this point. So the police officer leaves Vincent and Simon uh, to do their own thing for a bit. He goes and he finds the police officer goes. He finds his wife. And I think she looks normal at first. This is quite a cool effect. So she looks normal. And he's like, oh, she's just dead. Oh, no, this is terrible. And then he sees the reality of it. And she's got um, tentacles spilled out of her everywhere. So she's been turned as well, but she's dead still. She's been turned into basically like a garden center. There's like <laughs> load, of, load of screen stuff coming out of her. Tentacles, tendrils, vines, yeah. topiary plants. Uh, just just a lot of stuff's going on. I mean, it looks... It looks bloody horrible, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, this is probably the best effect because I think this has been used as like a promo image as well. Yeah. And then you, see, just... you see that, you see dead wife, you think, well, I've got an axe. <laughs> 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 and uh, I actually quite like this bit. So I don't really know why he does it, but he chops his wife's head off. Um, and then it, it pans back quite nicely from the doorway. And you just see his silhouette slamming the axe down. And there's yeah, like a, blood, a, blood, a spray good. of blood. I thought that was a really nice looking effect but again why why did why did he do that like maybe maybe like he's always he's always kind of like wanted to cut her head off he's never <laughs> he's never quite had a chance or he's never yeah. been in a scenario where cutting her head off would be yeah. in any way acceptable but suddenly out of nowhere he's yeah. in a scenario where he's like i could probably have her head off now and yeah. no one no one no one to bat an eyelid and as he walked away he went that's for having rubbish loins or whatever <laughs> that's for uh... That's a bit uh, dark, but yeah, yeah well, probably. You know, he might be he might be holding that sort of grudge against her yeah. for whatever reason. His yeah. fringe was doing a lot of good stuff during this during this uh, part. Talk, talk about tentacles. Talk about uh, 
stuff moving on its own. His his hair was going for it. <laughs> Do you think his fringe was a creature effect, or was it was it was it real? Was it, it, it his? Was, it was the only CG in the movie, I believe. <laughs> You know what really improved this this current scene? A fringe <laughs> flopping about. A he, fringe flopping about. He played the part bold, and then they said, "We can't. This doesn't look good." <laughs> Hang on a minute. Was that hair played by Andy Serkis <laughs> by, by any chance? <laughs> Was it Andy Serkis? Wait, wait for the trivia, Ben. Wait for oh. the trivia. Okay. Um, so <laughs> then we're coming towards the climax of the film. Um, the police officer goes uh, goes downstairs, and there's like a big open room. Um, and then we've got the doctor. He's now in his full Frank form. Like he look, he's kind of got his skin. His skin's been flayed, uh, but he's kind of black as well for some reason. He looks a bit like Lord Zed from Power Rangers. <laughs> does look like Lord Zed from Power Rangers. <laughs> in, inside Out Man. Yeah. <laughs> minus <laughs> minus the the um the the, the big ski mask goggles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Um, I always thought it was Lord Zed. I always thought, oh, looks painful. Imagine someone just put a bit of salt on him. Oh yeah, oh! Know, yeah. Oh, tender. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there's like the big um, triangle thing behind him as well. So we know that this is where he's going to be doing his um, his ritual. Um, also upstairs, we didn't show you this, but the pregnant lady suddenly goes crazy and stabs some other guy in the face. We find out her baby that she's having is actually Richard's, the the, the doctor's baby. Um, and I think we get the the impression that somehow he's bringing his daughter back to life in this woman's stomach. If that makes sense. I mean, it's incredibly complicated, isn't it? Like, if you lose a child, awful. But then how this? I'm assuming he somehow got in contact with this cult, and they've gone, "Look, mate, here's how you're going to be able to bring your daughter back from the yeah. dead if you yeah. want." Basically, two step process. Uh, two step process. <laughs> There's going to be some find a woman who's had a miscarriage yeah. and wiki how page, tell wiki you, how page. Right <laughs> make a garden make it make a garden center appear out of her. <laughs> uh, then get some other girl up the duff with yeah. your kid because you know I just imagine probably... him on the phone like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like on a little notepad hmm, okay, okay. Uh, garden okay yeah <laughs> yep 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 and also get get a load of people in a hospital who can be somehow <laughs> yeah it's just insane isn't it I mean yeah yeah. Insane is good, but yeah, this is this is an incredibly convoluted plan. I would listen to that and go, oh, I just ain't got time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just um, ain't got time to get all that stuff done. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't want it to come back as like some sort of uh, sloth and the Goonies character, you know? Yeah. Just <laughs> bring it back normal, please. Yeah, yeah, she'll come back normal. Yeah. Tristers. Are you good? <laughs> okay, so. Um... Pregnant lady goes down into the same room where the police officer is, and she stabs him in the back. Um, he falls down, and then the, the the triangle opens to the void, this other dimension. Um, it's I I quite like those bits. I thought those effects were quite cool. Um, where the doctor is like standing in front of the um, just the bright white triangle. And he's, he starts to like his skin starts to like dissipate into it. It's it's kind of a cool effect. Um, yeah, that was that was cool. But then his daughter Sarah literally explodes out of uh, this pregnant lady's stomach. She dies pretty much straight away. And Sarah does not look good. <laughs> she she's like this big um, uh, lumbering it's skeletal. Like, you know how um... teriyaki. Uh, <laughs> you know how like um Jeff Goldblum in the fly yes got into got, got into the old uh, transport trans transportion in the transport yeah in the transportion machine transportion and yeah. uh, with a fly and ended up turning into a fly yeah. it looks like she's done that but with like a three piece suite like a <laughs> <laughs> like a sofa yeah and uh, she's come out like oh I'm off bloody sofa yeah and she's and she's real pissed off by it and, uh, she keeps standing on people's heads and stuff. I noticed that. <laughs> like, yeah, ever so heavy footed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. Imagine like if you left anything around the house. Yeah. Like anything delicate in any way, she'd smash that to bits without a second thought. Like a bull in the china shop. That one. Um, <laughs> and then he's looked like the doctor's looking again. <laughs> so clumsy, Sarah. 
Just like just like you always were. <laughs> just like you always were. I'm glad yeah. glad you've come back looking the way you do. Okay, which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> this, is fine. this is fine. This is fine. This is how I wanted D- it to look. <laughs> Dad, you've got but you've got no skin. <laughs> this, I wanted to be like this is how I prefer to look, and I wanted my daughter to be part sofa. Yeah, um, this is fine. This is fine. But salt is now banned in my household. Yeah, because. <laughs> Okay, so th- this is the end bit now. So uh, the, uh, the Sarah Sofa, Sarah, free piece Sarah, she um, <laughs> chases, she gets attacked by Vince and, and Simon. Um, she chases her. That bit's quite cool when she's chasing um, her. And then the police officer um, gores the doctor into the white portal, triangle portal. They disappear and the portal closes. All this surreality, this like this strange world underneath the hospital starts to collapse. Um, they run away. Uh, Vincent gets caught by the, Sarah, and then with with the Simon guy, they burn it, and then he runs away. He doesn't kill Sarah. She's too. She's already pretty crispy. And then um, <laughs> I thought this bit was quite a cool effect, where Simon's running down through the. Um, it's like a a corridor, and the corridor is slowly closing um, as that world sort of uh, as the as the void basically uh, dissipates and closes. Um, yeah, I thought that was quite a cool looking effect, and I really like that bit. Um, and then it sort of ends with Simon, the guy who we really haven't got to know at all because he doesn't talk. Um, I mean, there's a bit of side story there, but we don't know enough about him. Um, and uh, Kim knives from Scott Pilgrim. They're the ones who make it out. And then at the end, it cuts to the the other dimension, the hell dimension, the void. And the police officer and Allison are alive. And they're looking at this giant, giant, giant black pyramid. Um, and it ends. And that's... Uh, so, I mean... Now what? I mean, uh, so, I mean it's, it's a strange plot. There's a lot of like coincidences in terms of how would Richard know that a druggie was gonna um, run into the police officer's car? The police officer was gonna because it makes it sound like he wanted the police officer to be there. And how did, like there's there's lots of these little things that I don't think really make that much sense. Um, Dust, destiny. Also, why does he want these people in the hospital? Surely he just wants the pregnant one. Like that's yeah, that's his only. He doesn't need anyone else yeah. in there. And, and the it'd have been a little, been a lot easier. And probably cheaper <laughs> if it's just the story was him with the pregnant woman waiting yeah. for a bit, waiting for a bit, waiting for a bit. Oh, like get the baby out. There we go. There we go. Done. Yeah. Done. And Might drop. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't need you wouldn't need the, you wouldn't need the costumes for the cult at all. Yeah. That'd save on the wardrobe. Yeah. So I mean, the reviews that, I, that I've read and watched, and um, I think agree that I pretty much agree there's cool effects and there's cool moments and there's cool stuff happening and gore happening, but the plot is kind of too ambiguous and not thought out enough. Um, and I think I was trying to work out why, why this was. And so the film's written by the co-written by the directors. Um, when you have a film like this, you're can't, you can't help but compare it to Lovecraft, Hellraiser and the thing. All three of yep. those are written <clears throat> not by art directors who are part-time writers. So the thing was written by, um, oh, what's his name again? Uh, John W. Campbell, famous sci-fi and horror and fantasy author. Uh, Hellraiser written by Clive Barker, one of the, one of the all-time yep. best like, <laughs> horror authors. And then H.P. Lovecraft, one of the, still like one of the most renowned horror and science fiction writers in this world. I mean, so you kind of going up against these not just great writers, these are the leg- le- legendary writers. So, I do, these are the big guys. I do kind of wish that, uh, what's the names again? So, Gillespie and K- Kostansky, I kind of wish they got a writer in <laughs> to just sort of tidy things up a bit. Because it was, it was like, <clears> oh, <throat> it was so close. It was halfway there. They just needed that story sort of sorting out. It definitely needed a bit of tidying up. Um, it just needed. Yeah, it just needed a bit. It just needed a bit more direction. It yeah. felt like it was a bit fatty. Yeah, and it, it felt like it was a bit fatty, and it just needed the the fat. Just needed the fat trimmed just yeah. a little bit, and then I think it would have been all right. 
You know what but, I um, would... So, have you ever seen VHS 2? I think it's VHS 2. Um, um, I think I've only seen the first VHS. Um, I don't think I've seen the second. It might be in the first one, actually. So, there's one where... So, VHS, if you, if you, don't, if you guys don't know, it's like a... Um, lots of short films. Uh, they're normally about 20 minutes long. There's one VHS where there's like a film crew going into this Asian school and they're doing like a little documentary about the school. Do you remember that at all? Mm, no, I don't think I do. So the shit hits the fan in that. I, I need to try and find that. I'll, I'll try to link it up and, and show it to you, Ben, because it's, it's so good. Like, it, it it doesn't belong in... Because VHS is quite good, it's a bit hit and miss, but that one 20-minute segment is one of my favourite horror films of all time. It's so mental and bonkers. Uh, which is fine because it's twenty minutes long. This film is nearly two hours long, and yeah, I mean, what? How many? How many minutes what was it? One hour four? One hour forty-five? Bit, a little bit longer? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of fat that just didn't need to be in this. I film. think ninety minutes for a film like this, I think, would kind of been would would have been would have been enough, and you could have probably trimmed a little bit of it. Also, I think we needed to make more of the main characters because it felt like it was a fairly... I mean, it wasn't a huge cast, but there were quite a lot of people involved in the hospital and I felt like everyone kind of felt like they they had a similar role. Yeah, even, yeah. Even, even though like some people we weren't really supposed to care about all that much. Yeah. But people, a lot of people were getting a lot of screen time and people like, like the two guys... If we had a bit of more of a backstory, we might have been more interested into what the, what Vincent what their sto- what their story was. Yeah, but as they came, as they were carrying on, we we're just like, are we supposed to like be rooting for these guys? Because essentially, we've just we've seen them like kill a kill a woman in cold blood for yeah. reasons un- reasons unknown, and they seem like assholes. To be fair, yeah. And we're what are we supposed to be rooting for them? Are we supposed to be hoping that they survive this? No, we're not. If there was like a a way that they were somehow antagonists as well. And that by the time they got their comeuppance, it probably would have been a bit more satisfying. But so yeah, I mean, I think the film is just trying to do too much. I think there's too many characters. Um, if you're gonna do the big ensemble thing, um, I always think about uh, the Mist, as uh, the Stephen King adaptation, because oh, yeah. yeah, all course. the characters are in that locked in that supermarket, so well established, and you get these dynamics. Um, it's all people f- like. There's genuine reasons why they're they're fighting for dominance in that place in here yeah. and you and you learn to hate people in the mist you do learn to hate people yeah where it is in here you've got um the police officer and then you've got the uh the nurses and, and stuff who are basically on the side and then you've got these two people these two killers who you, you don't really understand what their whole thing is here could have completely done without those two guys i think yeah. i yeah. think if you lost if you lost those guys and you're focused on the police officer and his relationship with the nurse and his reason for being there was something completely different, and yeah. then it all and then it all kicks off. Could have been could have been a lot better. Yeah, uh, I've yeah, so I think they should have spent some time setting up his character and his relationship a bit more. I think what you could have done is have his baby be alive and with Alison. I'm not sure how yet, but and have him. You know, in the hills of eyes, when you have uh, the guy goes to save his baby from the mutants, like mm. there's a, there's a reason, really compelling reason, why he wants to go into the into the darkness, into the void, and um, especially if if uh, Richard was going to use that as some part of the ritual. Yeah, um, it would have been cool if we had a lot more of the void. If we had like them going into yeah. the void and seeing this weird, crazy world, and then maybe coming back out of it and having to go back in again, maybe. Just, I don't know. It just it just felt like there was not. I mean, the stakes. I mean, we yeah, talk about yeah. the stakes, yeah. but the stakes they weren't high enough. They were floating around there. Get them up. Get them right up there. Push them right up. Get the stakes up there. And also, I did like the the bits when they were in the void. The visuals were were, were almost breathtaking. Like I did kind of get a sense of wow. It looks it looks massive. It looks like a whole. It did feel like a cool little world to explore. Um, and I love those moments. I love like in Hellraiser too when they go into hell. It, it yeah. just I, I love the we're not in Kansas anymore moments uh, when like the story suddenly opens out a lot more. But again, this maybe they didn't want to do that. There's too much 
not enough screen time to to do what I mean, everything I did, they wanted, wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I did like the triangle visuals. Yeah, because I love a triangle. It's probably my favorite shape. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. good. Uh, okay, so uh, directing style, Luminati. Um, I mean, the the gore and the practical effects. Like I said, if you're going into this movie just wanting a throwback to the 80s films and you just want to see some blood and some creepy uh, tentacle things, then this is going to be right up your street. Uh, it's that That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, for like creature feature enthusiasts, this is porn. <laughs> yeah, if you like flapping phallic stuff, you, you'll love this. Okay, um... What else got here? So jump scares. I don't remember any jump scares. I remember it just being kind of creepy and tense, but it's pretty much one note uh, of. Yeah, there probably were there probably were a couple of jump scares, but nothing that sticks in the memory as being anything other than pr- pretty standard, probably. Yeah, shitty pants moments. You see anything? Um, shitty pants. <laughs> uh, shitty pants moments. Some of the stuff in some of the failed experiments were a bit like ooh. Yeah, you know what I mean, there was a lot of wet going on in there. There was a lot of wet, yeah. There was a lot of wet going on. Uh, you know, that that were pretty creepy. Contortionist man, him sort of like coming to life and coming. That looked that looked pretty fudged up. Yeah. Uh, when when Sarah was chasing the the mute guy, I thought that was kind of that was kind yeah, of scary. When she chased when three piece Sarah was was uh, going going hammer and tong when she yeah. just kicked her way out of the SCS showroom. I was coming, was coming straight out. I'm on sale. <laughs> I'm on sale and I'm wiped clean. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the problem is because we saw the monsters so early and they they killed the monsters so easily, they kind of, they kind of lost their scariness to me. Mm, um, yeah. Okay, uh, so um, trivia. Uh, this one was kind of difficult to make trivia for. Because there, it's it's not even been out very long, and it's, I had to. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, on this at this point, when this episode comes out, it hasn't even been out a week. Yeah, came out on demand last Friday. Yeah, I think we watched it pretty much. Watched it on Friday. I did. That's how excited I was. Yeah, that is how excited I was. Okay, so set aside set aside some time. Number one, uh, started life as a Kickstarter project. No, Indiegogo. Nice. Well, you're on the ball. Um, okay, Stephen Kostansky worked as a makeup artist on Suicide Squad. False. That's true. Shit, son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, number three, Jeremy Gillespie works as a makeup artist on Downton Abbey. <laughs> false. That's, that's, that's false. Correct. Um, okay, uh, so... They both worked as art directors on the upcoming Stephen King adaptation for It. True. That's true, yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, this is what they do. Uh, I was looking at their like credits. They are art directors for a lot of films that have... Apart from Downton Abbey. <laughs> they do a lot of stuff. Um, Downton Abbey doesn't need that much makeup. Well, it does, this but is, not this, this is their This is their bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got to check out Manborg. If only, if if only, just for the name, because my God, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um. So we just need to grade the film. Oh, it's gonna be tough. Um. Uh, okay. So it was. I think I know. What I'm gonna give it. Yeah. Give it to go first. You, uh, after you. After you. Go on. Okay. So I'm gonna give it a C. Uh. I just wish they'd solidified like the mythology of the universe a bit more um and given them like a full rounded character arc for the main character because he feels right now like paper thin there's almost something there but it doesn't feel like they've really gone into that and i think that might be just because they, they were trying to do too much stuff too many characters and too many just cool cool looking stuff that doesn't really add to the story um, uh, and I think they rushed the beginning. I think that could have taken a lot more time to amp up, the, ramp up the tension towards that first beastie. So yeah, I'm gonna be a C. Yeah, I think I'll go for a C minus. Um, as you said, paper thin, paper thin all over the shop, really, in terms of characters. Um, 
this kind of thin paper you get in a like a train station toilet. Uh, <laughs> Just comes to, away. To, in to, hand. To, toilet yeah. paper. I mean, you want you want triple ply uh, yeah. with your characters, really. Charming. Um, and I think the mythology, yeah, as you said, just needed a lot, of, a lot of work because there's so much cool stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got the, you've got the Doctor, you've got the cult, you've got all the creatures, you've got all this stuff. If there was just something that you know lassoed it together, rounded it up, and said, "Look, this, 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 this is what the world means and why." You know what that it reminds me made... of? Um, what was the number five that came out? Ravager. Let me just quickly Google. Um... It, it was another film that was kind of cool visuals and a cool like soundtrack and all this stuff. Um, and the fifth one came out recently, Phantasm. So Phantasm. Uh, oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. Although I do enjoy it, it's mental and bonkers and doesn't really make any sense as whatsoever. <laughs> Especially the first one. Have you have you seen it? I don't think I have. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> Okay, it, it's cool. It's uh, J.J. Abrams' favourite uh, film, I believe. But I think it's cool in the sense of it's just an interesting experiment in, in horror film. Oh, no, 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 no. I do I do remember. The first one was like the late 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but a long time ago to the point where I remember nothing. Yeah. But it's, just from seeing that. I'm... It's got a kind of dream logic to it um, and doesn't kind of... Make that makes sense, but but this kind of remind me of that in 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 the lax nature of the mythology and, and the reason why stuff's happening. Okay, uh, so so we averaging out about a C C minus. Yeah, low C, I guess. Yeah, I mean it is good. I definitely recommend you watch it if you like horror films. Just um, don't get as excited as we did from the imagery in the trailer and, and all it's that a story do you know what that is a story of my life lately is getting i mean i know a lot of people don't watch trailers simply for this reason but i cannot help myself i know me too so just get so ramp i just get so amped up by trailers and you know the music that accompanies them and everything you see um and all the viral all the viral marketing all the social media stuff yeah it just i, I just get so into it and then when the film's awful it's like uh Kind of heart heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, and you feel yeah. proper flat when you come out. Yeah, <laughs> when you come out and watching it at the cinema. Yeah, flat as a pancake. So Similar right. su- Suicide Squad feeling. Oh yeah, so Suicide Squad. I was kind of excited, like, and then when I saw the film, I just so disappointed, totally disappointed. And then uh, right now, I'm hyped for Thor three Ragnarok. Cause the trailer. Yeah, so what good. is? <laughs> oh, well, exactly. That's the thing. I want to learn my lesson. But yeah. I, I just can't. Apparently, well, apparently there's a Star Wars trailer going to be this week as well. So is there? What for? Um... Po- poss- possibly Friday for the Last Jedi. I, I, I've, I've read a couple of things. Don't know if that's confirmed, but oh, well, I'm already excited about that. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, this show is brought to you by Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to www.hawkcleaver.com and grab a free book. Uh, thanks to Kovacs Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating review in iTunes and room to hit subscribe. And thanks to my co-host Ben for being a real horror dude. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.